I love my job. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. If, you, uh, if you're able, stand. If not, you're all good. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read out of the New King James Version tonight. and um, It's a privilege to uh, give you the word tonight. Uh, get to lead you in worship all the time, but I'm, I'm not normally preaching, so I get to minister the word tonight, and I'm excited about what God's going to speak. So Ephesians chapter 4, and um, we're going to read three verses, verse 1 to 3. Let's read together. I therefore... Oh, you don't have to read with me. You guys are hilarious. You're hila- Was that you? Who was that? Wow. You guys are so obedient. Read with me while you do it in silence. <laughs> you can mouth it if you want. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry. I guess you really got to clarify things here. Praise the Lord. Got some, I, hey, that's a good thing. We got some crowd participation right off the bat. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all going to help me preach tonight, I guess, huh? All right. Come on, verse 1. I, therefore, let me read, okay? You, you, you read in silence. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy. Somebody say, walk worthy. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here and that you're speaking. And that even in the midst of me speaking, Lord, you're going to speak even beyond what I'm speaking, and reveal things to people. I thank you, Lord, that you work even behind the scenes, even set people up today to be here that needed to hear this. And I thank you for your glorious presence that's in this place. It's more than goosebumps. It's wisdom. It's refreshing. It's a river that gives us life. And we thank you for your goodness tonight. We give you praise. Come on, just for one moment, just thank him. God, we give you praise. We thank you and we glorify you tonight. There is no one like you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated while I take a swig of water. Praise the Lord. You know, God has a great plan for the church. God has a great plan for you and I. We are uh, his chosen people. We are his, obviously you all know, if you're not a Jew, you're adopted as his people. Amen. And um, God has a great plan for this church and for the body of Christ. Not just this church, but the body of Christ. His body, his church. He has a great plan. And um, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, walking in unity. Anybody ever... uh, participated maybe at like a potluck or something, you know, um, obviously probably not in the winter, but you've participated with a three-legged race. Anybody ever seen that? You know, where you got two people and they tie the the middle leg, you know, the leg that's next to the other person, they tie both their legs together. You ever seen that happen? I mean, it's probably one of the more hilarious games to watch people play because, I mean, that and the, uh, what's the one where you get inside the potato bag? Sack race, thanks. Thank you. You got my back. The sack race, you know, you know besides that one, probably that's the one where most people fall. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. You know, when they got one tie, if they tie it twice, it's harder for them to fall. So me as, you know, an old youth pastor, I, I knew what to do. Just tie it once so more people fall. Anyway. <laughs> But if you've ever seen it, it's, it's, it's quite a, you know, it's quite a funny thing. If you've ever participated, you really know firsthand, you know, what it's like. But if you're walking with, you know, tied to that person, you guys really got to get in sync. You really got to get together because, you know, if one person is trying to move the left leg and the other one's trying to move their leg, it just doesn't work. You guys know what I'm talking about. But when they get together and the middle legs move together and then the out legs move together it starts to move in sync and it really is like a unified thing and um 
The Lord has been speaking to me lately about the body of Christ and about myself and mostly about myself because I need lots of help. But the Lord's been speaking to me about, you know, walking in unity and maintaining peace and taking care of my life and the, and the structure of my life and the way that I allow myself to think, the way I allow myself to feel, different things that, that um, might come in, in the way of keeping unity or keeping peace with people. And so I want to share with you just a little bit of what God has been speaking. And, um, and so uh, if you look in your notes, um, you can find that on the app. If you have KC Alaska app, you can pull that up, or um, I think the ushers have. I think they passed them out already. I saw them trying to pass one to me. And then he realized that I was preaching, so he, he took it back. Uh, but uh, if you need one of those, you can slip up your hand. But let's look at the first thing here. And if you'd pull up that scripture for me, Michelle, uh, verse 1. Verse 1, Ephesians 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy, to walk worthy of the calling. To walk worthy of the calling. See, every one of us, if you've... Um, if you've given your heart to Jesus, you're called according to a purpose. As Romans 8.28 says, you're called according to a purpose. That means God has a purpose for you and I. And, um, and that, comes with, you know, that comes with having to walk a life that's worthy of that calling. See, God's called us. He said, I have a purpose for you. I have a destiny for you. I have a plan for you. Not just in heaven. Yes, in heaven, absolutely. But here on earth, while we remain here, God has a specific plan for you. It's not just so you can hang out and come warm up a seat on Wednesday or on Sunday morning. Warm up a seat. No, he has a purpose beyond just coming to church. Yes, we should gather together as the saints and, you know, work things out and, like, sharpen iron, sharpen, sharpens iron and work things out and, and, and celebrate Jesus together. Yes, but he has a specific purpose for you, whether it's a, a single mom with three kids or it's a stay-at-home stay mom with 55 kids. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're a plumber. God has a purpose for you, whether you're laying asphalt or working with, uh, you know, striping the ground or you're, a, you know, making sub sandwiches or pulling shots. Whatever it is, God has a purpose for us, even as a pastor. God has a purpose for me. And understanding that with that purpose and with that calling, we have to walk worthy of it. A lot of people don't like, um, like to hear stuff like that because they just want to free flow and do whatever they want to do. But God actually has specific guidelines for us that we should walk in. And, and it's not just so that he looks good. Yes, he's going to look good. People will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. People would recognize what God is doing with us and give him glory. Yes, that's part of it. But it's also for your good. It's so that you don't go through so much pain. It's so you don't walk through so much hardship. Because the principles, principles of God, well, you walk through hardship even if you're doing this stuff. But let me tell you something. Hardship may be happening on the outside. There may be a storm on the outside, but it doesn't get on the inside. When you understand the calling and you walk worthy of the calling, um, you know, God really does something unique and special. And every one of us is called according to a purpose. We need to live as Christ lived. Jesus said, I do as, my fa- as I see my Father doing. And we have to live as Christ lived. He's an amazing example for us. A lot of people say, well, how, how do I walk worthy? Well, you look to Jesus. Jesus is the one that we look to. We look through Scripture and recognize the different attributes and the way that Jesus walked, the way that he talked, the way that, the way that he related with people and he dealt with sinners. Man, the way that Jesus dealt with sinners sometimes is not the way that I would deal with sinners. I mean, he has a prostitute thrown at his feet. And he says, he says you know, you without sin cast the first stone. And every one of us, if we had a prostitute thrown in front of us, we'd probably want to pick up a stone ourselves. But Jesus said, cast, cast the, those without sin cast the first stone. And then everybody drops their stones and walks away. And Jesus says, woman, where's your accuser? I mean, that's just not the way that I would deal with sinners normally. You know what I'm saying? Come on, anybody with me tonight? Jesus is the way that we, that we see Jesus operating. That is the example and the, what, what we should be walking in. So we live as Christ lived. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Be imitators of God as dear children. So number two, it says, be imitators with childlike faith. Therefore, be imitators 
of God as dear children. I, uh, I have a son and a daughter. My daughter's three years old, and um, my son is one. And, uh, you know, about a year ago, we started writing a song. It's called I Trust You. Anybody ever heard that song? We started writing a song, I trust you, I trust you, I trust in you. Yeah, I jogged your memory. Okay. So we started writing this song, and uh, me and Toby are going back and forth and writing this song. And I remember, you know, we'd pra- I'd practice in the, on the piano at home. And, and um, one time I had Toby come over, and we, worked just, we started writing a song and working it out and really putting things together. And then um, one day I come out of the room, and just out of nowhere, you know, I just hear this sound from the room. And I come out of the room, and I hear my daughter doing something, you know, that was just like totally... Totally cool. Michelle, would you show us? Help us out. Where's the volume? I trust you. I trust you. Start over. Start over. Good job. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Good job. This is my little girl. She hears me and Toby singing in the garage. And not too long, not a few days later, she's on her little... I don't know, tinker toy. I trust you. You know, it's like she's singing monotone. But she was imitating daddy. She, was, she heard what daddy was doing. And maybe Toby. She heard what daddy was doing. And she was an imitator. We must be imitators with childlike faith. And I, and I, and I bring, a, I bring a, 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 an emphasis on the childlike. Because it's so important that we, we, we come at imitating God in a childlike manner. See, because something happens, I don't know, when you grow up. You know, as a child, you imitate your parents because you admire them. You imitate them because you want to be like them or, or they just, you know, what they do just makes you happy. So you imitate them. But somehow we get this twisted idea that we, we start, imi- you know, some people, they imitate God because they think they're somehow going to be accepted by other church people. That I can say all the right things, I can do all the right things, and therefore I'll get some kind of acceptance. No, 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 no. It's not what you do that gets you acceptance. It's what Jesus did that gives you acceptance. What you, is, what you do is merely a byproduct of that acceptance. It is your, it is your faith with works. See, faith without works is dead. So you can believe all you want, but if you have no expression to that faith, that faith is dead, and so vice versa. As you're an imitator, it's, it's childlike. It's God, man, I want to be like you. I want to think like you. It's like, it's like the jungle book. What's that song? Walk like you, talk like you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nobody? Okay, all right. That was just me. Okay, yeah. I was born in 1987. Praise the Lord. Some of you guys are like, oh my goodness, 1987. <sighs> Praise the Lord. We have to be imitators of Christ. Whether it's a difficult time or whether it's an easy time, we have to imitate Christ. We look through Scripture to find that out. You know, you, you look in Scripture and you see Jesus, man. He, man he, he paid a pretty intense price for us. He paid an amazing price for us. Let's move on. If you can pull up that scripture for me, Michelle, verse 2. It said that we should walk with lowliness, which is humbleness of mind. Not proud or arrogant, but modest. Modest, humble. Humble, though successful, still humble. In modesty. That's definitely not the way that our word, well, I can't speak for everybody. But there's certainly an attitude that goes around, especially, man, I, I just see it, um, just that, that, that humility is weakness somehow. That being lowly is somehow weak. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man that walked the earth. I, I could say that except for Jesus. But... Somehow this world says that we need to somehow puff ourselves up in order to be something great. 
That is not what the Bible says. If we want to walk in unity, you have to, you have to humble yourself. I'm about to bring up some, some uh, marriage stories here in just a second. You know, I mean, because, dear God, I've been married seven years, and you guys are like, man, that's like, that's like one-fourth of what me and my husband have been married. You know, but praise the Lord, seven years, I mean, I just, I keep on doing stupid stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I think I got the dishes thing down. But I just keep on doing dumb stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I just, I, you know, women are just so different. You guys just don't think like me. You know, Shelby, you don't think like me. She's like, you better not tell any stories. I was like, well, I can't promise anything. So, you know, but to keep unity, you got to humble yourself. Man, I, my wife says something sometimes, and it just stirs me up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just like, man, just stirs me up. You know, I just kind of get it. You know, she, she can't see it. I'm over here making my coffee or whatever. You know, last time I preached, I think I talked about menopause, so I'm going to stay away from that, okay? I'm over here making my coffee, just minding my own business, and something is said, and she's totally right, mind you. She's totally right. You know what I'm talking about. She's totally right. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. And you know how it is. You just play that thing over your mind. Well, I'm going to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, I'm going to. I am going to say it because it's going to help. No, it's not going to help. Gentlemen, it's not going to. It never helps. Never. It never helps. Sweetheart, you're so right. Let's close in prayer. We have to be lowly. We have to be humble. The way that we deal with people out in the world, you know, they may, you know, they may come at you and be like, no, this is right. You know, I mean, okay, it's right. You know, you're at your workplace and you know what's right to do. You've actually done the process 15,000 times and it, actually they, the, the employer taught you and they just forgot and they came up and they said, you're not doing it right, but you're the one who taught me how to do this, but you're just, you know, and you're trying to tell them, no, this is the, and then finally you just say, you know, let's just, Okay, let's just be humble about it. Okay, you do your thing, be lowly. Okay, you do, and then your employer figures out, and you're like, you know, and inside you're like, see? <laughs> but not really, you know, you, sometimes people in the world need to see that people that are Christians can remain humble and not be all puffed up. Be, you know, be a person that, that uh, can't really receive uh, correction. Or can't really receive a rebuke because they think they know it all. I mean, we are, I always hear the pastors here talking about teenagers who know it all. I mean, I did know it all when I was a teenager. <laughs> no. but, but, but sometimes we experience people that they don't know how to take correction. And, and, and honestly, sometimes we can be so puffed up about stuff, so proud about stuff, and, and we don't even recognize it. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember sitting in a service one time. Man, God's so good. But I, I remember sitting in a service, they're talking about pride and arrogance, and I'm like, man, I'm thankful that's not me. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially when, you know, God does something good for you. You know what I mean? When God does something amazing for you. You know, I talked about being humble even in success. You know, sometimes I believe that God holds things off for us and, and waits. He stands back and waits for something, to, for pride to, to, to be lowered in your life and for lowliness and humility to come to the surface so that he can bless you. Because I think he knows that sometimes if he was to give us that thing at that moment, we'd, we'd blow up like an air balloon. We'd be in New Mexico flying around with the air balloon show. But I believe that God knows the perfect timing. You know, he knows beginning to end. We see this one little moment, and we get frustrated in that moment. But I believe sometimes God is waiting for us to realize that we are full of pride, that we need to humble ourselves. Pride cometh before a fall. Man, 
Jesus, help me. The next thing is gentleness and meekness. We have to deal with people with gentleness. In order to keep unity, man, I was, um, I just sometimes don't know the kind of effect I have on people sometimes. And certain people, you know, like, they know already, and certain people, they just don't know already, and it's kind of my fault. And what I mean by this is, I'll give you a perfect example. God bless you, young people. I was, uh, I've been tasked to help with the worship and the youth ministry, and so that, it's like a, a, an amazing thing. The young people are awesome, great musicians, great singers. And uh, this thing that happened the other week was so hilarious. I'm outside after service, you know, worship. It's been about two weeks I've been working with these young people, and I'm there, and we're doing worship and all that. And I remember walking by the basketball hoop out there, and all the kids are playing, and, 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 and these two girls are right there. And I walk by these two girls, and I don't know, I just was like, I kind of heard some chatter around me. So I did like one of these quick like turnarounds, and there was a girl talking to the other girl, and she's like, <gasps> and I was like, what'd you say? You said something about me, didn't you? And she's like, the, the friend's like, yeah, she says she's scared of you. Sometimes, you know, I talk to people and I think I'm being gentle, but I'm not being gentle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you think that, sometimes you think that you're just saying something nice and sweet and your wife just takes it like you're a big jerk. All right. I mean, but when we, you know, especially with correction, with our children, even with our spouses, with, with people in the world, we have to deal with people with gentleness. You know, um, I've been so grieved sometimes that I, I, I talk to my sweet little girl like she's an adult or something, you know, and I get frustrated by something she does. I mean, is this okay that I'm telling you this? Is it all right with you? You guys going to be okay if I tell? Okay, so, you know, I, I just talk to her in a way that's just not so gentle. You know what I'm talking about? She's like, she's so much like my wife. She's so tender and she's so sweethearted and and I just talked to her like, oh, my goodness, like she's a boy that's 15 or something, you know, and it's just not gentle. And, 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 and I think when we deal with people, in order to keep unity, we need to learn to be a little more gentle, especially with confrontation. You know, if you don't, if you don't get used to confrontation, well, Pastor Daniel says the devil will run your life. And I've seen it. And I've seen it. And when I wait, things get worse. When I wait to confront things, things get worse. But if we would confront with gentleness, you know, not come so heavy-handed with people. You did this, blah, 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 blah. And you just throw up all over them. How about go, step aside, contain yourself, get full with the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues for like 15 hours, and then come back and deal with it. Get full of faith and deal with gentleness. I don't know if you guys have ever felt the difference, but I've felt the difference, a, a very harsh and stern, like somebody comes at me, you know, because we have to. But if someone comes at me and like, you know, it's not with gentleness, I'm just kind of like, I'm thrown off guard. But when someone comes with gentleness and they talk to me and I can sense it in the way that they're talking, you know, many times it's not what we say, it's how we say it. It's not what we say, it's how we say it and in the timing that we say it. Don't be trying to, you know, confront somebody about some, you know, I don't know, some weird thing in front of a bunch of other people and you're like screaming out loud and it's not good. Pull them to the side and talk to them very nicely to say, hey, I noticed you were doing this stupid thing. God bless you. Let me help you. Yeah, the Bible says if you have odd with a person, go and talk to him. Don't go and post it on Facebook. It says go and talk to him. You know, when someone falls, when someone does a wrong, when someone fails morally or has sin in their life and they do something wrong and they fail, the Bible says that you that are spiritual should restore one with gentleness. The spiritual person doesn't shun the person, doesn't stiff arm them, doesn't look at them across the room and kind of just shake their head. No. The spiritual one pursues that person and with gentleness gets in their life and helps restore them. That's a spiritual person. 
That's a church that walks in unity. That even though someone makes a mistake, I mean, we all make mistakes. But even though someone makes a mistake that is, you know, is, is compromising, we must restore people with gentleness. That is something we are supposed to do. Hello. With gentleness. Am I talking to anybody? We have to deal with people with gentleness. You know, have some finesse. Anybody ever played basketball? You know, like, everybody ever, you know what a finger roll is? You know, you approach the basket and you just, just lay it up with some finesse. This white boy can play basketball, I'm telling you. I can't jump. <laughs> hey, don't be laughing, Toby. What's wrong with you? I can't jump, but I can play. I, anybody ever play uh, table tennis? I mean, anybody even know what table tennis is? God bless you. I heard someone the other day call it ping pong. I almost went to the bathroom to find a trash can to throw up. No, I'm just joking. I, that didn't. But, you know, if you're a table tennis player, you know, you got to learn to have some finesse, especially if you're going to put some spin on it. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, who is this freak in the front? you got to have some... You got to have some finesse, you know, just to lay it right over the net and curve it off to the side. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing over some of you guys. I know that. How about like, like painting or something? You know, like uh, Marita who does that script, man. She's just like, she's got the grace, you know. Maybe some of you guys are painters, or you're art people, you know. I'm like, I remember standing in the Sistine chapels looking up and being like, I want to take a picture, but they told me not to. And I want to take a picture, but it's just so beautiful. And some people just got it, you know? Michelangelo, he got it. Marita, she's got it. I don't got it. I'm like Edward Scissorhands, you know, trying to, let's work with this paintbrush. You know, like I was painting a chicken coop the other day, and my wife comes out, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> it's not good. Some people, when, when we work with people, we deal with people, we have to have some finesse, some gentleness. We know, know how to deal with people. Yeah, you need to work it out. Maybe you're really rough around the edges right now. Keep trying. Don't stop confronting, but do it with gentleness. We must maintain unity. We must walk in unity. The next thing is long-suffering. Refrain and fortitude. Fortitude is mental and emotional strength in facing adversity. Fortitude is... Mental and emotional strength in facing adversity. You know, it says long-suffering. Most Christians like short-suffering. Anybody else? But long-suffering. You know, people that just maybe rub you the wrong way. (laughs) I got some comments from the front row. Praise the Lord. People that it just, you know... That just, you know, you know, <laughs> you know that you just, you just don't got it. You just, we're not jiving right now. Or, or maybe they're just doing something that they say something all the time that just gets on your nerves. Or they don't put the toilet seat down. Or they don't replace the toilet paper when they use it all. For the love of all that's holy. I mean, come on. You leave me one little square. Please replace the toilet paper. And some people are just extra freak. They got to have it like coming out a certain direction. You know what I'm saying? You're like, it can't come from underneath. It's got to come from over the top. And some of y'all are just, oh, God, the toilet paper's coming underneath again. Oh, God. Oh, God. Somebody give me a hanky. Oh, God. Most Christians like short-suffering. They don't want long-suffering. They're not into having to, be, to have adversity. I mean, last I checked, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That does not sound like a pleasant thing to do, first off. Second off, Jesus carried that puppy until somebody else said, okay, put it down, brother man's going to carry it for you. But we're the ones volunteering to throw the cross off already every day when we wake up. We have no ability for long-suffering. 
The moment we hit adversity, we quit. We throw in the towel. The moment somebody gets on our nerves or offends us, we, we, we leave the small group or we leave the ministry and go join children's ministry. I'm not, I'm not bitter, I promise. How about dealing with things? How about doing what it takes? And you know, here's the thing about long-suffering. Because you might have tried to deal with something, and nothing changed. So what do you do? Nothing changed. That's why it's called long-suffering. <laughs> Obviously, in certain situations, there's a change that can be made. But sometimes, you're called to it, and so are they. But you just don't get along. So then what? Then what? Jesus paid an ultimate price for us. And that thing is a momentary light affliction in comparison. Number six, bearing with one another in love. That word bearing, it literally means to put up, to hold up. To bear with one another in love. I know these are not super difficult note-taking night. You know, it's not that. But bear with one another in love. You know, bearing one another love, uh, uh, caring, caring for other people and bearing what they're going through, that is fulfilling the law of Christ. You bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. God has a specific plan for the church, not for us to walk in the building, to come park in the parking lot, walk in the building and sit in this place, see a couple people say hi, say hi, I love you, give them a hug, high five the sound man, say what's up to Pastor Daniel, walk out and get back in your car. No, it's more than that. It's to bear one another's burdens and to be with people in the act of love, to see people that are in need See people that are, are weak when you're strong and you help them. To see people that are lost when you're feeling found and you help them. You see people that are confused and you help them get clarity. You see someone who needs to do something and you're able to help them. We're supposed to bear with one another in love. And that means so many things more than just helping somebody out. That means, that means putting up with people. The next thing, keep unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You can come, Toby. Thank you. Keep unity in the spirit in the bond of peace. That word bond actually means like ligament. It means the thing that joins. The bond of peace. Keep unity. You know, you know, me and my wife have a thing. Um, you know, I think many of you have the same thing. But we try our very best. Um, if I could say, you know, it's not 100%, but certainly in the high 90s of making sure that we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. We don't go to sleep without dealing with stuff. Um, and we're committed to that. We're committed to each other. We're not willing to let the enemy come in and put a wedge between us. We're not willing to, because I don't know if you're, you know, if you're like me, but if, if I don't deal with that thing in the nighttime, I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, it's, it's just the same. My wife, she's amazing. She, we wake up, she's like, hey, how's it going? She, she doesn't do that, I promise. She's not like that. She's like, hey, give me some coffee, you know? But she, like, lets things go. And uh, sometimes she's not able to, you know? But, but for me, I got to. And, and I know that that's an important thing. And I just wish that as a church, as the body of Christ, more than just King's Chapel, King's Cathedral and Chapels, but as the body of Christ worldwide, we dealt with each other with that level with that intensity with that um, 
responsibility before God, knowing that we would not want anything to come in the middle of us and what God wants to do through us. Because God has called us to a purpose. Ma'am, you're called to a purpose. There is such a powerful anointing in you. The Lord's even calling you forth at times you felt even um, left out, forgotten. But the Lord has not forgotten. He's seen every moment. He has a mighty purpose for you. Your husband's not the only preacher. Your husband is not the only minister. He's put a word in your mouth and he is bringing it forth in this season. The Lord is gonna use you to split the enemy's defenses. He's releasing insight to you. I see even people that um, are complete strangers, you talking to them and speaking to them and just seeing the, um, it's like a depression lift. Just seeing something uh, completely divided come back and be completely made whole. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing on this woman, this great woman of God. I thank you. Thank you. The Lord's called us to a purpose, church, and it's more, you know, we focus so much on specific things, but the Lord's called us to a purpose, and in that purpose, if we don't treat it like a child, we don't treat it like something that depends on us, because it's your responsibility. It's no one else's responsibility to have peace in your life. It's your responsibility. God has given you wisdom. He's given you discernment. He's given you tools. He's given you answers. And he is, he is allowing you to now step into that and appropriate what he's given you. You can't wait for someone else to keep peace between you and your husband. You have to work it out. You can't have someone else walk in and give you peace between you and the employer. You have to work it out. We have to do what it, it's, it's, it's effort. You know, I think that's sometimes the, down, the, you know, the, the downer for some of us is that it's effort. And sometimes we're so exhausted. We're so run down by the trial. We're so run down by the situation that we're just tired of picking up our gloves to fight. Let me tell you tonight, the Lord is releasing fresh strength. Fresh strength. Lift your hands to heaven right now if you're just feeling just weary, maybe. I just pray for refreshing right now in the name of Jesus. The fight is not over, and neither we're not done. So, Lord, I pray for a refreshing and a renewing. Lord, for a fight to come back. A fight to come back. The gloves are being dusted off, and we're stepping back in the ring. We will not let the enemy run our life. We will not let the enemy bring division, but we are committed to each other. We're committed to our spouses. We're committed to our children. We're committed to our pastors, but we're committed to each other as the body of Christ, knowing that even corporately, you have called us according to a purpose. You have called us individually according to a purpose. And we thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I bind every assignment of darkness, every assignment of hell, tonight in the name of Jesus, and I loose the peace of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're going through a situation that's robbing you of your sleep, even now, it's just robbed you of your peace completely, just stand to your feet right now. It's robbing you of sleep. It's robbing you of your joy. It's robbing you of being able to think clearly. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands to heaven. In the name of Jesus. 
I command the storms to settle in the name of Jesus. I declare the peace of God. I declare the peace of God. I declare the peace of God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, no more sleepless nights. No more burden that won't lift. I command that burden to go now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Peace which passes understanding to guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. No more being ripped off. No more being robbed spiritually, emotionally, physically. In the name of Jesus, may they prosper and be in good health. May their mind, will, and emotions prosper. In the name of Jesus, cause their souls to have refreshing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the rest of you guys stand up tonight. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, we thank you. God, we're committed. We're committed. We're committed to you first and foremost. We're committed to our families, but we're committed to your body. Bound together with peace. Each one doing their part. Each one doing what is necessary. Not letting the enemy come in. But Lord, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that tonight is a new day. Tonight is a new night. I thank you that from this moment forth, a new attention being brought to cultivating peace. New attention brought to culti cultivating unity I pray for the ministries of this house to operate in the greatest unity that they've ever operated I pray for marriages to operate in the greatest unity they've ever operated and I bind the assignment of the, of the evil one of hell that would try and come in and divide marriages I rebuke the spirit of divorce. You have no place here. In the name of Jesus, you leave and go far from this place. Every cloud that surrounds minds tonight be lifted in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's going to be a fresh drawing to the holy place to the secret place you've been robbed some of you have been robbed from your time with the Lord because the enemy has worked in and he's robbed you of your peace but there's going to be a new a new thing taking place in you from this night forth in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus one, one last moment just stretch your hands to heaven Father, we thank you. We thank you. We are committed. We are committed. We are committed to you first and foremost. I thank you, Lord. I thank you tonight for peace. I thank you for joy. I thank you for unity. That, Lord, we would walk worthy of the calling with which we are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, with long suffering, may we endure, oh God, may we endure being willing to do what it takes to remain in unity with the bond of peace. For we are called under one name. We are one body in one spirit. We thank you, God, and we give you praise tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for some more people, but before we do, I want, to I want to take a moment to ask you if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your first time here tonight. 
you don't know Jesus. You don't even know the peace of God. You've never experienced it because you have never given your heart to Jesus to receive him as the Lord of your life. If you haven't, tonight's your night. And not to, not to make that seem lower. But I sense that there's some people in this place more so than the first invitation. More on the second, which is this. You slipped away. You don't know how it happened, but you slipped away. You're not living for Jesus. You're living for yourself. But tonight's your night. Tonight's your night to come back to the Lord. To give your heart back to Jesus. To live for Him wholeheartedly. So with every head bowed. If you're one of those two people, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you slipped away and you want to come back to Him with no one looking around. If that's you, just slip your hand up so I can see it right now. Go ahead. I see that hand. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Ten. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just one last moment. You need to come home to Jesus. I see that hand. You need to come home to Jesus. Maybe you come to yourself tonight and you want to come home to the Father. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Would you all repeat this prayer after me? It's more than a prayer. It's more than, it's more than that. It's more than a combination of words. It's your heart saying, Lord, I want you. It's your heart crying out. So repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again so I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me Thank you for hearing my prayer in the name of Jesus.